All right, what is going on, fam? My name is Eric. And this is Shakara. And this is Teach Me, Don't Tell Me Podcast, Podcast, where we learn by example. Let's get into the episode. Okay, jumping in once again, feel free to check out our YouTube channel, Faith, Family, and Fitness, for the live video commentary and the extras to our podcast. We'd love to see you guys on YouTube. Again, that's Faith, Family, and Fitness. All right. And we're black with another episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. TMTDM. What does that mean? Teach me, don't tell me. TM, teach me. Teach me. TMTD. No, it's DT. DT. TMDM. <laughs> Hold on. Panned. <laughs> I, I think I can I think I can help this. <laughs> okay, guys. So tonight we are talking about dreaming with your spouse. Guys, dreaming with your spouse. First off, let me just say that there are so many couples that don't dream, and there are so many couples that refuse to dream together, and there are so many couples that lack because, yeah, they're together, but they're not on the same page with their goals, with their dreams, with their aspirations. Even with their kids, even parenting, they're on different pages. And so we're going to get into that tonight. Um, And I'm excited to talk about this topic because only recently have I made the switch to get on the same page with my spouse, with Shakara. And, um, you know, and I really want to be transparent with that because I feel like a lot of men out there want to do everything in the relationship. They want to be everyone in the relationship. And they don't realize that their wife has gifts, talent, skills, and abilities that are just as important, if not equally or more important than what we're, we got going on because most men that I know are not planners and most women that I know are. And so if you're denying your wife the ability to move forward and exercise her gifts, you're hurting yourself. And so that's what we're going to talk about tonight. Wow. Yeah, I'm on fire. So. Um, let me ask you a question first, Shakara, because I feel like this is definitely a topic that you would have experience in dealing with me. Go ahead. When we first got together, like pre-marriage, let's talk pre-marriage first, because for those that don't know, we've been married, it'll be 10 years this year. And before we got together, what what were these type of conversations like? Like, did we have a lot of like, hey, I'm dreaming or this is what I want to do with my life type conversations? I feel like we focused so much on the aspirations and hopes of getting out of where we were currently. Mm. That that was our dreaming together. It was just basically, I can't wait to get out of this. Um, okay. So let's talk a little bit about the situation. So. Where were you trying to, or what were you trying to get out of physically, mentally, you know, spiritually, obviously? Poverty. Poverty. The mindset of poverty. The mindset of lack. The 
um, you know, the consistently not having enough. Um, mm. And it wasn't that I, I wasn't getting enough coming in. It was just that I had poor delegation of how I, how I allowed my um, funds and how I allowed my resources to leave out. I didn't value truly what I was bringing in and what I had. So I wasn't properly um, stewarding what I did have. And that brought me to a place of lack or where I consistently saw lack. So did you did you notice it at the time or was it just like I mean, a... Yeah, you know when you don't got bills or when you, when you live in paycheck to paycheck. Like that's that's... And the messed up part about it, that there was a time where we were collectively between the both of us, we were working, what, six jobs? Six jobs, yeah. And it was just like, to the point of, is this really necessary? It's just... It was so much stress, too. Like, there was so much stress going on. I think that was, like, really the beginning of our separation period, because we literally never saw each other for, like, a year. Yeah. (laughs) It was like a year went by, and it was just like wait a minute, who are you? (laughs) So I think for me at that time, I was, I was trying to make a difference in my own life. I had just started college. I was in a city where I didn't know anybody. And, um, you know, I was working at a job, sorry. I was working at a job that I, you know, I was comfortable. I was very comfortable. And it wasn't making a whole lot, but it, you know, it just, the, the feeling of working and being able to get off work and then go party was like my goal at the time. Like, um, and so for me, it was like, at some point I hit a wall and I just woke up one day, like, what in the world am I doing? Like, this is not going to pan out to anything. The only place I could have gone was manager. And I was already a team lead. Branch manager out here. Okay. And so then I started connecting with Shakara, you know, and, you know, we met up and hung out a few times. And it was like. How many times? Well, it was like three. No, I'm talking about you when you're yawning. Just, oh, I don't know. God. I'm just going to It's say. like once I get on the podcast, all of a sudden I'm yawning like every couple of seconds. It's hot. My bad. But I really want to get to a point where I really was trying to get to a point where I, I saw enough hurt. I saw enough pain. I saw enough poverty. Um, and again, both of us grew up on food stamps and Section 8 and multiple jobs and temp agencies and freaking the government and DHS and drugs and alcohol and drugs and (laughs) crack houses, crack houses. Like we grew up on, that was the norm for us. Yeah. People would come to our house just to see what's going on. You know what I mean? Like just to be a part of the chaos. And so when I finally separated from the chaos, I was like, what is <laughs> I was like what is all this what do we got like are we not partying this weekend like is there no drugs coming out <laughs> like what no females coming out like <laughs> it was just me working and I was just like well this sucks but I wasn't in a position to want more at that point mm. I was just trying to 
You were just celebrating Learned the fact my, yeah. that you actually were in a I made it out my mom's house. <laughs> my mom made it. <laughs> that was actually something I used to tell people like, yo, y'all talk about you made out the hood, bro. I made it out my mom's house. Like, <laughs> I made it out my mom's house. And it was, no it was a joke, but it was so real. It was such a big deal. And for those of you guys that grew up with parents that you know, did the best with what they had, but it was a lot to deal with. You guys know exactly what we're talking about. Like, our moms both did a ton of drugs. Both drank. Both had, you know, you know, boyfriend after boyfriend, you know what I mean? And in and out of jail and just, it was just chaos. I can't do this. I'm sorry. And that has to go on or. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. So I think for me, it was more of a victory dance when I finally got to college I finally was able to make a point to reconnect with Shakara who I've been trying to date for freaking 10 years and then it got to a point where um okay now we're dating but what's next for us like is it just us like in the puppy phase like what's gonna happen and so I think we we had this conversation at Graham's house mm. I remember that we had a conversation about goals and dreams. And that's where I found out um, one of Shakara's like um, one of her dream trips was to go to an island and sleep out um, under the stars on the beach with a little fire going. And we started talking about these different goals and dreams and we realized our dreams were way bigger than our situation at that point. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we were dreaming of like cruises and like you said, like beachfront sleepovers. Like who does that? Uh-huh. At least in our family. I've never seen a beach. You know what I mean? And so when we finally made it to the beach in California, like what? Six years into our marriage, seven years, in, yeah. six years into our marriage. It was like such a surreal experience and it was just california like people that live in california will have no idea what we're talking about but like when you've never seen a beach before it could, it does something to you to when see I the earth bend feet, when i put my feet in them that sand i was like oh, oh man that was, and then to look out and see the earth curve down the horizon like to know that horizons on the movies were actually like not fully realized you know what i mean <laughs> Not fully realized sunsets out here. So when we were talking about goal setting, one thing that we did early on was we spent so much time together. But I don't think our goal setting was really in effect. No, not at all. You know what I mean? We're in like, oh, my gosh, it would be great if this happened. But it was still a it was still a disbelief that it it was a disbelief. That's perfect. Yeah. And so I think the disbelief came in when we would think about our situation. And that's one thing, too. When you think about where you came from, a lot of possibilities are Go left off the, the table. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, oh, man, you know what? Psh, my mom grew up on Section A. I can never be a homeowner. Never. Or, you know, my mom did a lot of drugs. Like, there's no way I can be a city official or, uh, you know. You know I grew what I mean? up in a crack house, so I'm going to be on the streets and deal with the police. Yeah. And I can honestly say, like, we have not had very many, if at all, 
police run-ins since we've been saved. Like, yeah. we had one altercation with family that the police were called on, but it wasn't like nothing that was drug involved. There was no alcohol involved. It was just a, a serious disagreement. And with me, that's a that's a thing of pride for me. Like, I take pride in the fact that I have not gone back to jail since the last time I went to jail. You know what I mean? <laughs> you got to be specific about the time. <laughs> it's been over 12 years since, I, since I've been in jail. You know what? Yeah. You know? It's been 18. 18? No, 12. 12? 12. 12 that's a big gap. Been fourteen years. Fourteen years. Yeah. So, for anybody out there that is wondering, like, we've been there. We've lived that life. So you know, for us to go from that into you know the possibility of, you know, oh, I don't really. I would love for us to be able to have a greater, more grander life. However. Um, the possibility is probably really small. So there's no point in preparing for it. Exactly. And that's what we kind of lived at for a long time until I got fed up. And, you know, I was just talking to my wife about this earlier. Like, sometimes you may love yourself, but you have to get to a point where you love yourself enough to want more for yourself. You know, and I and I, I had to switch it up because originally I was like, I got to hate myself enough to change. Like, no, you got to love yourself enough and believe that you're worth more in order to change. And I think that's a big problem, especially with couples, because the year we got married, there were what, seven other couples? Yeah. They got married the same year we got married. And then within one year, we were the only couple left. I think it was like two years. No, it, it. I think within two years, we were definitely the first, the only couple left. But when you think about goal setting, that's a big part of of who you're in relationship with. Are they on the same track that you're on? Yeah. Are you reaching for the same goals? I know the thing that connected us was the fact that we came from literally the same, the same building. <laughs> yeah. You know, and for us, goal setting was number one getting out of our current situation and then number two is realizing what's possible i think that took us the longest time to really nail down a game plan for what's possible for our family what's possible for our kids what's possible for us what's possible for our relationship and i think a lot of that really came as we started researching well, I mean, we got to talk about what sparked the research to begin with. It, w- it was really um, just kind of ti- just being tired of the way that we were living. And like Shakar was really good with uh, with the budget. And so then she started looking at, OK, what do I do with savings? And then that led to, OK, let's try this. Let's try Robin Hood. Let's try, um, you know, paying off some debt. Let's look at our credit report. Some people, <laughs> look, I have friends that refuse to look at their credit report. <laughs> yeah. 
And sometimes you got to face the beast in order to defeat it. Okay. Yeah. Let me put that what out do you there. Mean sometimes. You literally, it's an every day. It's every time. You have to you face. You have to face that yeah. beast. And I think for for me, I really appreciate the fact that Shakar was willing to do research on something she was unfamiliar in. So that way, and now people come to us for advice about finances and we're not even, we're not even financial advisors or nothing. Like we have no official training. We just did the work. We literally just loved ourselves enough to say, okay, how can I make this better? How can I do this better? And that was one of the main pushes for why we did start a Robin Hood. Why we, you know, took a good, I never knew what a 401k even like, no one knows what a 401k really is mm-hmm. or how to use it properly. And now no I'm comfortable knows. with making financial decisions regarding my 401k, regarding, you know, different accounts, Roth IRAs and all that. I would never have researched that if it weren't for Shakara because she got me pumped on, okay, every dollar has to have a job. We need to budget. We need to have budget meetings every week because we have goals. Let's talk about the vision board stuff. Okay. Because we still have yet to do our vision board for 2020 because it's just been it's just been a really crazy year, right? But one thing we did was we set a goal poster on our on our dry erase board. And it's a goal poster of our debt. And every time we've paid off a debt, and this guys, up to this point, we've paid close to seven thousand, mm-hmm. over seven thousand. Over seven thousand. And within these next couple of items we're gonna pay off, we're gonna have paid almost eleven thousand dollars in one year towards debt, guys. It's possible. Don't ever let anybody tell you it's not possible. Don't ever look at your bank account and say it's not possible. <laughs> you waste more money than you could ever imagine. If you really start paying attention to where your money is going, you start really taking, um, you know, ownership, ownership and, and then you begin to actually begin to just be conscious. When I realized how much money that we spend on food, bruh. Stupid. Even Stupid. now, I'm like, nah, I got food in the house. And even when we don't have, you know what I saw this, I saw, what was it? Um, I saw a meme that said, <laughs> either I can blow through thousands of dollars or I can make $21.26 stretch for two weeks. Like there's no in between. <laughs> and it's just like at the that's end of- That's such a real thing. That's really what it is. But at the end of the day, like you have to really, if you can make $21 stretch- just apply that same principle to the, you know, 20 or $210 and then $2,000 and then 200,000. Like it, it's just, it's the same principles. It's just you having the actual, um, discipline to kind of see and, and tell yourself, no, that's really what it is. And a budget is you saying, Hey, I got plans. You know, because what it really is, is like your, you, your flesh rises up every single chance. Like I tell people every, I make sure that I know what my money is doing before I get paid. I do not wait the day Yo, that I get paid. she does not play about that. Mm-mm. She be getting on me. Like we've had arguments about it. Eric, what are you getting paid? And I'm like, I don't know. And she's like, why? You literally have access to your pay stubs before you get paid. Yeah. And so, but the thing about it is I love it because even though it's tough for me 
I don't have to be good at budgeting. I have a wife that's amazing at it and she loves it. She carries this budget book around in her purse. Like, like it's like perfume or like a Snickers. You know what I mean? Like she carries this budget book with her everywhere. And so, you know, one of the biggest benefits to our relationship is we have set a boundary. Like we have to have these financial conversations. And my issue is I'm so inconsistent because I say, okay, we're going to have, you know, uh, conversation, you know, we're going to have budget meeting um, on Sunday nights and then something happens and we got to push it to Monday and then we already have obligations Monday. So we got to push it to Wednesday. And next thing you know, two, three weeks go by and we haven't had a budget meeting. So that's one of the things that I would recommend for you guys. Highly, highly, highly recommended. Just schedule the time and don't suck at meeting at that time. Set the time, set an alarm on your phone, set a calendar in your, you know, calendar reminder in your schedule, like whatever you need to do to make sure it happens, make sure it happens because some of the greatest peace I've experienced as a husband is being on the same page financially with my wife. I need to say that again. The most peace I've experienced as a husband is being on the same page financially with my wife. Mm. If you guys have separate accounts, which we do, if you guys have joint accounts, which we do, it is so imperative that you meet at least once a week or once every well, other week. It doesn't even have to be that. Just through the simple fact that you are both clued in because I know that there are other couples that will you know, meet once a month. And that works for them. Um, and it's perfectly okay. Just find something that you guys can agree on. When, you know, what does the word say? How can two walk together unless they be agreed? That's true. Or then James says, come now and let us reason together. As long as you guys are able to get into a place of agreement, it doesn't matter how often it happens. It just matters that you're in agreement. That's true. And, and if you get paid twice a month, meet twice a month. You get paid once a month, meet once a month, whatever's more comfortable for you guys to be on the same page and build unity. You guys can make a date of it. Get some ice cream, have a salad. You know, we used to make tea, Mm -hmm. you know, and so just find out what works for you and make and be sure to take time to to dream. One of the biggest upsets of becoming an adult is we lose the ability to dream because we got bills. We lose the ability to dream because we have kids. We lose the ability to dream because we have jobs. Like, we don't take time for ourselves. To nurture. Let alone for our spouse. Mm -hmm. And let alone for our dreams. And that is how you kill yourself way faster. Is by not giving yourself the ability, the time the availability to dream big and go hard to kill your hope because at the end of the day what it comes down to is you the the whole point of dreaming is hoping that there's something else that you can experience something more than your current situation yeah something more than what you're currently dealing with so um and i believe that once you begin to master your finances, you are able, these are stepping stones to accomplishing your goals and your dreams. And so 
if you I think that as um it's important to as a as a family as a married couple to go ahead and make sure that you're making an opportunity or not making an opportunity making a point to come together and agree on hey this is where we're going this is what we're looking at um, and this is how we're going to get there so uh, like just an example for us for a long time Eric decided that he didn't like the way uh, he didn't like the fact that I was good at budgeting Mm. He just he just talk about it. He just didn't really like. Um, I was so, jealous. So he really just fought me on the budget, every chance that he got, and to the point that I became exhausted. And I was just like, if you're gonna fight me on it, there's no point in doing it. Like you're literally playing Wreck It Ralph with my budget, and I'm trying to make sure yeah. that we're getting to a place. And we were not walking in agreement so there was it it was really it was moot it was, it was extremely no, difficult yeah everything financial was an issue um savings account were drained checking accounts were drained credit cards were maxed out like it got to a point where like we were literally just like spending whatever came no nothing had a job no dollar had a job and it was so stressful on me because i had to hear shakara about it and so then I tried to do the budget and I was like, you know what? We got to do a budget because it worked last time. But I think I want to try it in my pride. I was terrible at it. Mm-hmm. Terrible. I'm skipping bills. Bills ain't getting paid. People calling us. <laughs> it was terrible. And so we got to a point where I was like, OK. I had to become humble I had to get rid of a little bit of that pride and say, you know what, Shakar, you're really good at this and you're way better at it than me. Here you go. And I basically gave her the reins to produce a budget. Now, that doesn't mean that I'm not involved in the budget, that I don't get the last word and I don't get to make decisions about what we do with our money. We had to figure out a system that worked for us. So for you, have that conversation with your spouse. Hey, are you good with whole documentation, data entry? Like, are you okay doing the budget? You know, who in your relationship is better with money? And I don't mean better at spending it either. <laughs> I mean, who's better at tracking it? Who's better at putting together a plan? It might be the husband. I'm just not that guy <laughs> right now in our relationship, okay? I hope that one day I'll be that guy that it can, you know, budget and, 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 you know, keep up with money. I'm good at spending it. I'm great at spending it, but I'm not good at tracking it. And so I had to allow Shakara to operate in her gift and not be jealous, not be, um, prideful, not be petty and truly understand the benefit of having a budget. Don't matter who's doing the budget. As long as it's getting done and you both are in agreement about where your money's going, praise God. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So um, I was going to ask something earlier. Uh, oh, so the importance of goal setting. Okay, let's let's talk about some steps or some 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 best tips, things that have worked for us as we've started goal planning. Um, I think the number one thing is we really had to sit down and have 
a hard conversation about what we have been doing with our money. You know what? I think that it really came to a place where I started to show you how much debt we had. I don't Mm -hmm. think that it really became real to you until you recognize, wow. Um, Because it became real to me before then, but you were like, no, we're good. We're good. We're good. Um, and then I for was not me, pressing that budget at all. Well, my whole thing is this, is I've, I, you know, we've had so many family, family members pass away. And then we started to see the wreckage that yeah. happens when you do not handle your finances. When you don't have a will in when place. When you don't have a will. When, when your finances are messed up. When you don't as- plan for your estate. Oh how my things God, can go into how probate. family can come and, and wreck, wreck like everything. And your family can fall apart. Relationships start falling apart. And, Trust is severed. Yeah. And so Eric and I really looked at each other and became very honest. And we weren't, that was, I think, that was our first area of agreement as far as finances. We will not leave our kids we with will, nothing. Yeah. We, with no plan. And we're not leaving them with no bills. Yeah. Then that was the one thing that we started taking very serious. So then it came down to, How does this work? Because if for us to not leave them with that, we have to actually take care of it ourselves. And to do that, we had to formulate a plan. And to do that plan, we had we've done so much research. Guys, if you're not willing to do the work, you will you do not deserve the benefit. Well, it's not that then hire somebody or hire somebody either way. But, you know, we're talking to people that are in our current situation. Or people that may be going through that and have, maybe you're in a in a place of despair or dread mm-hmm. because you don't know what to do. You don't have the money to hire somebody. Literally, YouTube is a wonderful tool yeah. for learning about finances, learning about uh, budgeting, learning about setting goals, learning about dreaming again. And one of the things, and you know, there's a couple podcasts that my wife follows that. I've recently started following and and they're phenomenal. Like what? his and her money? Yeah, I love them. Oh my god. Absolutely. They love are them. a cultured black couple, debt-free, investing, and they have connections with so many other successful entrepreneurs, business owners, couples, people that are doing the do that we <laughs> dreamed about as kids. But hold on, and they're presenting that quality. That quality. <laughs> We watch Josh and Easy, who they talk about relationship goals and how to work. They were, we were watching a video the other day mm-hmm. that they posted about like um, toxic traits, and it was incredible. You know, what's the financial couple that you watch that I think are kind of? I love journey. their information, but our rich journey. They're so calm, it's scary. <laughs> they have a lot of. They have peace. They have so much peace, and they are so incredibly knowledgeable. Um, uh, our money journey is that what it's called? What? What is our, it called? Our rich journey. Our rich journey. So our rich journey. So, his and her money. Mm-hmm. Josh and Easy and then um Dana Chanel. Um. What's yeah, their podcast name? No, or what's their? No, they they're not a podcast that I listen to for finance though. They have really great tools as far as business. Yeah. And what um how to how to function with your spouse with and your business. spouse yeah that's that's because that's what we're talking about and it is the young black or what is it the black married and debt free 
Black Married and Debt Free is one I listened to, His and Her Money. Um, and then the Black Wealth Renaissance podcast. And then what's that, that fire group or whatever that you listen to? Um, that's Rich and Regular. Yeah. Anyway, so there's so many resources, you guys. There's really no excuse for us as a married couple to be arguing about money, to be frustrated about money. There's too much availability to information for us to fail at this. So just the timeline. When we started to recognize the wreckage that happened from so many people that were close to us passing away, we began to look at each other and really reevaluate what our fi- what we would leave for our children and that is where we started to walk into agreement. Yeah. Once we started to walk into agreement, we had to really face a lot of our um ignorance. Ignorance and so we began to educate ourselves and then we really started to confront the habits that we had that placed us into these positions that we were in where we had really high consumer debt. Yeah, pause really quick before you mm-hmm. go into that. There's no sense in looking at the debt you have if you're not willing to address the habit or the behavior that got you there. Because if you're not willing to accept the fact that maybe you suck at budgeting, like I had to realize, maybe you are... Not. Maybe you spend money unhealth. Maybe you have an unhealthy relationship with money. Yeah. Like I did, you know, and some of those, a lot of those behaviors we had to address once we realized we kept hitting a ceiling in our finances where it was like, we would be good. We'd be good. And then all of a sudden, like everything would just hit at the last minute. And we're like, yo, what is going on? We realized we never really took a hard look at our credit. And so we had to. Number one, look at our credit report, diagnose what was going on, and then we had to figure out, okay, why do why do we have so much credit card debt? Why are we spending credit card money like it's real cash money? <laughs> like we had to address the fact that How do that, we use it as a tool? Yeah, and not as a as a a weapon. A weapon. Um my whole thing. So then once we were able to reassess our unhealthy money habits, then and and we did this together and then we decided to go long nights yes (laughs) and then we decided to okay now that we're recognizing issues we have to actually overcome these things yeah and so that's where the education came in so yeah education um plays a big role but execution is really Mm, what we my word of the year yeah execution is where we really began to go ahead and start to say, all right, well, we got this debt. Uh, We need to attack it. Mm -hmm. And so the budget became instrumental in allowing us to be able to start hacking hacking away at this debt. And so then once we go ahead and we recognize, okay, we're, we, we've, you know, we've had our, (laughs) We've been up to our heads, not, I know they say next, but up to our head in debt. Now that we're starting to kind of, you know, see the end of it, you know, now that we're starting to look at the end of the, the road of that, we need to quickly make a decision as to what we're going to do then. And so this is where we start educating ourselves with 401ks. Roth IRA is preparing ourselves yeah, for retirement. Yeah, because there's really no reason to have all of that if you've still got all this debt over your shoulders, you know what I mean? Yeah. 
And that was one thing we had to come to grips with because we had big goal. We had goals of investing in IRAs and 401ks when the whole Dave Ramsey thing first came out. And we were like, well, we got to do it. And, you know, we started seeing the hype about it. Everybody was all excited. And we looking at it like, bro, we not even there yet. Like, we haven't even looked at our credit report yet. We haven't even looked at the debt we owe. And so we really had to come to the realization that in order for us to have the life that we want, to have the peace that we want, to have the structure that we want, and number, and finally to have the, the security that we want for our family, we had to address each individual step. So I would say tip number one is sit down and have that hard conversation about debts and investments it early on. Don't allow money to become a headache before you take care of it. And you think about it, this is the big reason why a lot of people get divorced. It's the number one reason. Well, okay. It literally is even higher than infidelity. And so, I learned that through my education. So then... <laughs> Watching these financial videos. My whole thing... Why, why do I say that? Anyways, so once we were able to go ahead and recognize that, hey, we can actually get out of debt what do we do after that and this is where the dreaming starts Mm, to happen yeah so then we get to we got to a place of okay uh generational wealth this is something that i am very passionate about yeah both Um, of us yeah this is something that i um i won't let go and it's something that we refuse to allow our kids to see us operating in anything less than because of what we had to go through as youngsters and as as young adults and having student loan debt and having you know evictions and having negative bank accounts where the bank is calling you to tell you they you don't have an account with them anymore that's a hard call to have (laughs) and we've had that call with multiple people and it was just like at some point you have to look up and say okay what is going on? Why am I doing this? What's mm-hmm. happening? What habits am I exhibiting? And so once we sat down to have that, this is what I want for my family. And we were both on the same page. It was then a little easier to have the financial conversations. Okay, now we know what we want. How do we get it? What's the what's the step by step? Which is where I took a back seat because... Again, that's not my strong suit. I'm not a planner. I may go with the flow, whatever feels good, let's do it. Shakar was able to come in with her expertise on this planning thing and say, okay, we can save this much money this month and this will take care of this debt by this time. And I'm looking at this like it's an incredible feat and she, this is normal to her. And so find out, get a game plan together, write down step by step, what, who do you owe? How much do you owe? When can you have it paid off? If you, if, How much money can you set aside in your budget every month for debt? And then when you go, when you find out how much you can set aside in debt, then you create your, your, your snowball is what Dave Ramsey call it. Your debt calendar um, is another couple that I follow is what calls it. Whatever you want to call it, doesn't matter what it's called. List your debt from high to low. The most debt to the least amount of debt. It doesn't matter how you do it. It doesn't matter. But you want to know what do you owe that you can pay right now? And what do you owe that you may need to set up payments for? 
And another tip that we learned through credit journey or through our through, through our credit journey is requesting paid in full letters, requesting removal from your credit report. Most people don't even know that you can do that, especially young millennial couples. They're still maxing credit cards out. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're not looking at this type of information. So we want you guys to be prepared. We want you guys to understand you don't have to go through the chaos that we went through, that you can take the mentorship and the and the the tips that we're giving you and run and be successful with it. So that would I, I would say that's tip number one. Have that conversation about about your goals and your dreams. Step number two, look at what you owe. Look at your credit report. Look at your credit scores. People really don't pay enough attention to that. And then I would say step three is start thinking about your future, thinking about your investments. Once your debt is paid off, what are you going to start investing in? Robinhood, uh, stocks and bonds, um, Roth IRAs. Most people don't even know what that stuff is, let alone how to set it up and how to be productive with it. You didn't said Robinhood like multiple times. There's other options. There's other options. I'm just that's just what we use. So trying to keep it transparent with the people. So dreaming with your spouse. Yeah. Talk about the peace that we have when we dream together. When we're actually like on the same page with like where we want our family to be. I feel like in a relationship we have the the a lot of people speak about the ups and downs. A lot of people speak about, you know, the hills and the valleys, which is basically the same as the ups and downs. When you really look at a a relationship from its inception, meaning at the beginning, it's so fresh, it's so new, everything is just, you know, it's in discovery mode. And then you get into a place where you've been in a relationship for a long amount of time and you start to really truly understand that, hey, uh this isn't necessarily like discovery mode anymore it's not as exciting it's not as oh that's good it's not as fresh and so things can get very boring very quickly and then you fall into this routine of life where you know okay um this person's always there and a lot of times this is where you start to take people for granted. Mm. And this is kind of where relationships start to fizz out, That's fizzle good. out. Talk about that. Preach. Wow. Mm. What happens is, is that you have to be willing to find a place where you guys can enjoy a new spark together. And so this is where dreaming as a couple, I think, is completely necessary and having goals and hopes and dreams together um, and just allowing yourselves to remove yourself from the monotonous and routine lifestyle and experience awe and amazement together and it refreshes and it refreshes and cements Oh, there's stuff that I, you know, that, you know, that we can take a journey as opposed to getting stuck in a rut. 
So I think that it's absolutely necessary to dream with your spouse and to have goals with your spouse and and just to make sure that you guys are driving your relationship as opposed to, you know, just kind of sputtering out with no or gas. Your relationship to run rampant. You know, um, or seeking thrills outside of your relationship because you're bored. Mm. What you can really do is just... Or you're unfulfilled. Yeah, you're unfulfilled or you're tired of repeating yourself where you're consistently saying, hey, this is something I'm very much interested in. I think that it is necessary for uh, the duration and the endurance of a relationship to dream together, to have goals together, to be in agreement with one another. And um, this is something that you have to completely, um, this is kind of something that you have to be intentional about. Dreams don't just come by happenstance, you know? Yeah, I, that's well, true. well, dreams themselves do. However, but, reality. but <laughs> working in in a relationship and and have in dreaming together, that is intentional. And so that is something that you have to actually make a point to do. And with that, I think that the the more that you're able to dream uh, the more fresh air is able to come into your relationship because you say, so many people say, well, you know, is this, is this it? Is this all that I have with this person? And if you are able to say, well, I want more with you. I want, (laughs) ah, you're cleaning that. For you to for you to look at somebody and say, "Hey, I know that things are really dry right now and um, boring, but let's make a point to I don't want to get rid of you. You know, I don't want to. That get is rid- literally a choice you have to make. Yeah, and that's a conversation that people have to have. Because let me tell you, if you start to dream, and your spouse is not there to dream with you. It can really drive a wedge. Yeah. If we can be completely transparent, we want to to let you guys know that we have been there. We are currently in that situation where we are in the dream and trying to stay together in the dream. Mm-hmm. Because there are some things that I want to do with my personal life that don't involve Shakara at all. And there's some things that Shakara wants to do with her life that don't involve me at all. But the result of it affects our other, our, our significant other. Yeah. And so we have to be able to come together and say, okay, I'm going to be public speaking over here. You're going to be doing your thing. But at some point we have to still, the dream has to be together. It has to be, Hey, it's just like going to work. Like you guys may not work at the same place, but you still know you want to buy a house. You want to have kids, start a family things like that. So even when you're dreaming and let's say you guys are in business like we are, a big part of being a business owner is understanding work-life balance on another level. Mm -hmm. Because when you're just working a normal W-2, you know when you're coming home. You know when your vacation is. You know how much overtime you have. When you're a business owner, none of that is secure. (laughs) You got to make it work. You got to grind and 
And the hard part about being a business owner, especially when you started the business, this isn't a business that you're jumping into. This is a business that is jumping into the world from you. This is something that you have to continually be aware of. It's almost like a baby. Yeah, you have to plan around it. You have to plan to still take your wife out. You have to plan to still be a part of your husband's life. You got to still plan to be with your kids. And your kids should never lack attention. Yeah. And so it's such a an awarding thing when when you have that one week of just straight successful planning and you can come home at the right time and you're able to chill with your kids at the right time. You're able to have the time with your spouse when you want, when you plan to have it and you're not fumbling for money, you're not fumbling for time. It's a it's such a peaceful experience that I'm in the process of trying to learn how to replicate every week because there's some weeks that are good, some weeks that are bad. And my goal right now is to make it consistently good and to plan. And there's sometimes when I lack, I lack today. You know, maybe I'll put a story up about it or something, but I lacked um, planning today and me and Shakara had a disagreement and it was because <clears throat> I did not communicate with her the schedule. And so now she has to come chasing after me, trying to figure out what's going on with our family for the day. And I'm getting frustrated with her like, girl, I got a plan. Don't worry about it. Just trust me. No. She's in this as much as I am, if not more. So if I'm not planning as a husband, as the priest of the home, it's our responsibility to have the plan. It's our responsibility to have the the control, to have the structure set up. The wife can run it, but she shouldn't be the one planning and then going and executing and then going and replanning. Like you have to step up and step in at some point. If your spouse is doing all the work, there's a problem. If they're doing all the work, there's a problem. So, um, okay, that was one thing I wanted to talk about really quick. Okay. Execution. Okay. Now that we are in a plan, and maybe we'll set this on its own video. How much more time we got? Yeah, we got 10 minutes. Okay. So let's let's start the conversation, but I really want to throw a bug in y'all's ear because execution has been my word of the year. And what I mean by that is I've been in a position where I've been given so many amazing opportunities. And because I did not have a plan, because I did not involve my wife, because I was trying to do it on my own, they failed. And not only did they fail for me, they failed for the people that trusted in me and trusted in my opinion. Okay. Mm. And so as a spouse... When you start to dream, include your spouse because it will kill your dreams if you do not. What do I mean by that? Hmm. Meaning when you don't involve the single person that has controlling interest and and controlling say in what happens with your future, your future is sure to go down the drain. Okay. It is very hard to be successful when you're having to be successful when you have a spouse and you guys are supposed to be planning together, executing together, but you're doing your own thing, trying to make it work. And then you got all these excuses. I'm doing this for the fam, but you're really not. They suffer when you don't communicate. 
Ask me how I know. Hmm. Okay? Your family suffers when your lack of communication it becomes rampant. Okay? Communicate. Um, and when it comes to execution, you cannot execute without a plan. You cannot execute without a step-by-step. This is how we're going to be successful. So that's one thing that I would recommend is get that plan in order. Write it down. The Bible says write it down, make it plain. Okay. Put it up on a dry erase board. We have two dry erase boards. We had, well, we actually have four, but one of them is not up and one of them is trashed. So we technically have three dry erase boards. There's one in the kids room. There's one in like a family space. And then we have one that's literally floating around the house, (laughs) literally. But what I want you guys to do is make a habit of writing it down, putting it up somewhere. Some people put stuff on their, their bathroom mirror. Some people write it down in a notebook and put it on their table and they review it every day. For me, I'm a very visual person. So if it's not right in my face, I'm not thinking about it. It's not happening. Okay. So for us, dry erase boards work amazingly well. Mm-hmm. We set it up. We had some little black tape that we, you know, put on the thing and made a schedule. And then we put a little goal poster up there that has our debts. You're saying we and it was you. Hmm? You're saying we did it and you did it. Well, I, 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 I knew where my weak point was. And I took advantage of the fact that Shakar's a planner and I used her plan to make it visual so that way my weakness could be made into a strength. Mm. Okay. And so that's what we did. I made her plan visible to me so that I could be a part. Okay. And then when we started executing, it was like, okay, we're paying this on this day and we mark it on the calendar and then we pay it. So, guys, when it comes to execution, we're going to talk about steps to execution next time. That's going to be our, our video for next time, our, our, our podcast for next time. Okay. So, um, we're nearing the end. If you guys have questions, feel free to reach out to us. Um, we're on social media, um, Gift Legacy LLC, um, all social media platforms. Me, and we're on Teach Me, Don't Tell Me podcast um, on all social media platforms. Reach out to us if you have questions. If there's certain topics that you as a wife, you as a husband are struggling with and you want, you know, to, to hear some some advice. Granted, we've only had 10 years in the game. OK, but this in our family is a miracle because there's nobody in our family that I know of in our immediate family, um, meaning great grandparents, grandparents, parents and then us. OK, or great, great grandparents. We've never seen a successful marriage. I'll say that for sure. I've never seen a successful marriage in my family. So my wife and I made a promise to each other that we were going to work it out. We're going to talk it through. We're going to make these things happen. We're going to execute at a high level. We're going to communicate with our kids. We're going to give our kids a platform um, to speak their mind in a respectful way. That way we can heal from it. Um, And that's what we're doing. So if you guys have questions, reach out to us. Make sure you guys subscribe to the podcast. Share the podcast with your friends and family. Um, find other married couples to pass this information off to because as we grow this this podcast, we're going to be bringing on guests. We're going to have a lot coming down the pipeline, so we want you guys to be a part of it. Um, and this is a journey for us just like it is for you. And so as we experience things, we want to be able to broadcast that for you all so that you can learn from the mentorship 
and not have to go through the mistakes. So really quickly, I just want to jump in here and pull the plug for our new book we have coming out. It's called The Overcomer, How I Found Success Through the Chaos. Feel free to pick up a copy on Amazon, uh, paperback or ebook. You just go to Overcomer Book 2020 on all social media. Get your copy today. All right, there you have it, family. We pray that our past experiences and processes have blessed you on your journey in your relationships. And until next time, this is Teach Me, Don't Tell Me Podcast.